and welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And today we are discussing Bridgerton, my beloved Bridgerton. <laughs> so we warned you all of this in our last episode, but just in case you didn't listen, uh, we are going to be discussing the second season of Bridgerton along with the second book in the Bridgerton series by Julia Quinn. So if you have not read that book or have not finished or watched the second season and don't want to be spoiled, I would suggest saving this episode for a later time um, because we are going to be discussing various aspects of it that I think might impact your enjoyment if you prefer to remain unspoiled. So I'm just going to get that out there. So Anne, let's let's chat about Bridgerton. <laughs> <laughs> like we haven't been chatting about Bridgerton as a, as a country. I know. Constantly. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> let's start with where you are as far as having read the books. Let's let's talk about that first. Okay, so I've just read the first two. Okay. And I read them purely well, I I, they, I always sort of wanted to read them because you had recommended them and the conceit of them of having this kind of Gossip Girl style presence in this world I thought was really clever, mm-hmm. but I I just had never gotten around to them. And then, and then when the show was announced, then I thought, oh, I want to definitely um, have read them. Mm-hmm. So I just read the first book for the first season and then pretty quickly after that, I, f- I read the second one. So it's been a mm-hmm. while since I read the second one before the, the second season came mm-hmm. out and then um and then I plan to keep going I just have not mm-hmm. <laughs> so um I'm also I also have listened to them and the the narrator is a really good narrator yes. narrator generally but I do think that narrating romance can be a little especially that type of romance it, it feels a little hokey yeah um just because it is sort of playing into the romance stereotypes when it when it's like the the bad stereotypes when you're right. reading phrases that you're just like oh my gosh this is so this is so cheese balls yeah so. i would agree with that so i have read the whole series which i referred to in our rereading episode last time right. i read i read the whole series very quickly several years ago i think probably I would have to look, but 2014, 2015, maybe a few years after that, all of the Kindle versions would be on sale for $1.99 or $2.99. And they, they would rotate each week. A different one would be on sale, but I didn't catch on until maybe the third or fourth one had gone on sale. And then I, I scooped them all up as they would go on sale. And so at that point I was prompted to start rereading them again because they're great. I love them. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll reread. But I think at that point, I only read through the first few. I think I just, that that motivated me to read the first few, but then I kind of like fell off of it. So I think I've only read through the entire series once. And then I've read the first couple several times because then last year I listened to the first two on audio when the first one when the first season of Bridgerton came up. And right. then now I have just reread the second book in the series. So I've, I've, I don't even know. I'd have to go on Goodreads. I think four times I've read the first, or I read the second book. And and just by, not because that's my favorite or anything, just because of sort of the way my reading patterns went. But yeah, I mean, I love this series. It's I think it's pretty well established that I love this <laughs> series. I love Regency romance, but I do think that Julia Quinn does something pretty special with Regency romance because of the humor that she Mm -hmm. injects into it. And I think that her setup kind of 
has been emulated by other authors since she wrote these books. And right. so you see a lot of Regency romances with um, a set of siblings and not that she's the first one to do it, but I do think that she was a pretty big influence and the Bridgerton books were a pretty big influence on Regency romance moving forward. I think she just gets the blend of the appeal for romance readers of the Regency time period and sort of the social strictures that that would be evident in, in a courtship and then a marriage but then also with enough of a modern sensibility that it doesn't feel totally out of touch with where we are right. today. Uh, I will say the first book in particular, but actually I think the second book as well, has some content that my guess is if she wrote it today, she would not include. Oh, yeah. Uh, but at the time when she wrote these, which I think was in the mid 2000s, I would have to look up when they were written, was slightly, slightly more acceptable than it is now. I don't think even at the time it was necessarily embraced but um but I do think that balance that she she has these lovable characters who feel kind of modern especially somebody like Eloise um her character like is is chafing a bit at the social at the social structures that are placed on her and so you you feel like they're somewhat modern even though they're they're Regency romances right and I and I also think that the uh, like I know when she wrote these Gossip Girl didn't exist, but that that I feel like it's sort of a trend now in romance to have a a hook mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, and so I know that there are romances, I want to say, is it Eloisa James who does like the fairy tale yes, telling yeah. ones like or things that are sort of commentary on on modern situations that then are uh, I, like I know you said there was a, a series that's sort of based on not the Kardashians, but sort of Kardashian. Yes, culture, yeah, 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 um, yeah. And, Sarah and sort of taking that. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. And taking that into a different time period. And so there, there are things that I feel like, like that feels very Bridgerton to me to right, have this right. this sort of little little nugget of of intrigue, I guess, or mm-hmm. something that can that that makes it this through line that isn't just here's here's this here they're all set in in the regency and that's mm-hmm. it there's, that's the there's something it, right. that feels like like a hook that, right that's a little bit different and i i don't know enough about it to mm-hmm. be able to say that definitively but i can't think of examples past bridgerton mm-hmm. so i don't know maybe maybe it is yeah i mean again i think julia quinn is, has influenced a lot of of current Regency romances, among others, among other authors. But yeah, yeah, I just think she, there's something about the way she writes these stories that, that she gets that balance so well of like the gossipy society stuff along with the romance and the yearning and all of that, that right. I think that um, it just hits every beat that and I'm guessing she doesn't appeal to every single romance reader out there but obviously she has a pretty broad appeal for people that it just she hits on on all the different aspects that you want in a satisfying romance right when the when the the series was announced it was like the book world lost its mind yes. I don't well know I've seen very many things where it's been so much of of oh my gosh they're making a show of this and I felt exactly that way for several reasons first of all those are fairly old <laughs> books. Like yeah, those are established yeah. romance books that, again, I kind of want to look up when that first one was published. I want to say it, 2000, but I yes, what I was I, I was going to say 2001. So we can look it up. Um, but 
it felt like such a surprise that somebody would be picking it up now versus a newer property. Like that, that was just such a surprise. Second, it surprised me because it was Shonda Rhimes. So it was yeah. part of the Shonda Rhimes deal that she made with Netflix. And it was, I think the first thing they announced or among the first things that they announced that she was doing, it was that and the dropout or no, the Anna Delvey. Oh yeah. We just watched the Inventing that. Anna. Right. Inventing Anna. It was those two that they announced right off the bat and so i know shonda rhymes like many other people do from Grey's anatomy and scandal and uh that murder show and so get away with murder is that the one is that what it's called i I think so but (laughs) so this felt like kind of out of left field it just felt like whoa regency romance and then you get i mean you totally get it it makes such sense because it is so much of the the drama that she would and the again the gossipy kind yeah not that our other shows are gossipy but they have that same uh melodramatic almost yeah, sensibility yeah. plus the romance plus the banter plus like all these different things that are evident in the Shonda Rhimes shows that I've seen so then it sort of all made sense but yeah at first it felt like what like what's yeah. happening and then it was so <laughs> exciting because it was like oh my gosh, will it do it justice? And now it's yeah. going to bring so much attention to these books that people love and that we're yeah. sort of... And there's there's lots of books to, to make. And so right, it wasn't right. just Eight, they're yes, making yeah. one. It's... Right, it one and done. Exactly. And, and it's Julie funny. Andrews. Right. Yeah, Julie Andrews. Over exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, there was just so much. In fact, it's so funny because I had recommended Bridgerton on my Instagram several years ago. And I thought um, at the time, I was like, my guess is not very many people are going to pick this up because it looked like such a typical Regency romance cover. Yeah. And, but it has so much more appeal than that. And so it makes me happy that if the show has done nothing else, it's just opened up people's eyes to how great these books are and maybe they've explored other ones as well. But yeah, it was it was such a surprise when, when they announced that these books were being made into a TV show on Netflix and that they're so huge. Like I've, yeah. I've been glad to see how popular they've been once they were launched it wasn't right. just like uh oh well yeah it's it's a tv show but it didn't catch on like clearly they've caught the public's attention so yeah and i think sometimes it can be hard as as book people because we're getting so much book media mm-hmm. um thrown at us all the time both professionally and just the stuff that we follow mm-hmm. um on social media sometimes i think it can be hard for me to to gauge how popular something actually is in the zeitgeist because i'm i'm like well everyone's talking about this but it's just that i'm getting all this it's book people that are talking about right. it but this is truly one where i'm i'm yeah i'm very sure that everyone is talking about this so yeah it's um you know if you're willing to watch kind of racy things which yeah it, which i know you, not everyone is yeah so. well and it's funny i've been in different work conversations recently where bridgerton has come up that people are watching it and it's just it's funny it's just really a lot of yeah, a lot of people yeah. are watching it. So what do you think of the show in general? Uh, I love the show. I definitely prefer the show to the books. Mm-hmm. I, I just because they're I love the visuals. I love I love the way that they're trying to convey class and uh, maybe not class so much as taste right. with the costumes. And it's just this like candy coated version of the regency that doesn't mm-hmm. exist but is sort of the way that we like to imagine the regency existing that mm-hmm. i think is really fun too that they've just gone full tilt on on really really bringing that to the viewer mm-hmm. so so i think that's super super fun um and i like that they have 
uh, well, we're, I think we can get into changes a little bit more, but the changes that they've made for the most part, I've felt have been really appropriate and really made the, even in those, mm-hmm. say, 20 years that the books have written, have, mm-hmm. have made them a lot more palatable to the, the modern reader. Um, and so, so that's, that's my, like, I, I'm excited to read the next book, but I'm more excited th- mm-hmm. for the next season to come out. Right. I would I would say. What do you think about that? Yeah, I love them both. I would say I really, really love the show and the changes that they've made from mm-hmm. the books. I will say that because I don't, like I refer to, there's aspects of especially the first two books that I think yeah. don't hold up very well. And it's that series that the middle part of that series were my favorite of the books. So I've enjoyed the stories of Daphne and Anthony more in the show than I did in the books. I really love the show though. I mean, when I sat down to watch the second season and that the very first scene comes on, I just was like, I love the show. I love this world. I love the way they film it. I love the costumes. I love the music. There's just so much about it I love. It's such an enjoyable experience to watch the show. So right now, I mean, there's such two separate things to me that I feel like loving the show doesn't take away from my love of the books and and especially my love of the books the first time I read them. I mean, I just gulped those down so quickly and found so much enjoyment out of them and just they felt like they just hit the spot at the time. And so now I could never get that experience back because I know... I know the books, you know, I've read the books, so I can't get that first experience back. So the shows now are, are hitting that spot that the books hit at that one at that time. So yeah, totally. That's a great way of putting it. But I just love the show. I mean, I think it's so well done. I think the cast is incredible. And yeah, again, the costumes I, I appreciated in the second season, I, you may not have noticed this because you are not a lover of the color pink the way I am a lover of the color pink. <laughs> I love pink. There were lots and lots and lots of pink details. Like lots of yeah. the costumes were pink dresses of various yeah. shades. And there was one whole scene that the the ball at the Bridgerton's house where everybody was, all with the women were wearing pink. I don't yeah. know if you noticed that, but some variation of pink. And I was like, oh, this show is made for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's something I liked that they they – did it, I, I kind of wish they had leaned into it a little bit more actually that the that Kate and her sister whose name I can't remember right now what's what's um oh shoot what is her name <laughs> these are things we should have looked up before we got started I literally just finished watching this last night <laughs> hang on hang on hang I'll on. keep talking I kind of wish that they had made um like they tend to wear this this sort of bright purple yes kind of lavender yeah and i i there's scenes where they are taking part in um indian traditions and everything is sort of marigold colored and mm-hmm. i sort of wish they had leaned into that a little bit a little more bit for more them yeah. and sort of made them made it a little bit more that i mean the, the, the entire show is is centered on the fact that they're right. from india and the the sort of odd place that they have in mm-hmm. this english society because of that mm-hmm. but um but i sort of wish that they had embraced that as their their image mm-hmm. a little bit more edwina is her name edwina i was course. like amelia it's not amelia <laughs> right um, everything sounded wrong everything sounded wrong but uh i did really appreciate and again spoilers 
spoiler ahoy for anyone who wants to avoid them. The scene when they're getting Edwina ready for the wedding and they did right, exactly. that, um, I don't know what the, the name of, of that tradition is, but they, you know, they do. And I liked when they incorporated things like that. Like you said, I wish right. they'd leaned a little bit further into it. But yeah, I, I think that is a fine balance too, because so in the book, they are not from India and they don't have any of those things. Um, and so I think you run the risk of, and now my guess is after two seasons, they could go in lots of different directions with the story and people love the show for what it is and book people either like the show or don't. Uh, so then they could just kind of take the story wherever they want to go. But especially in the first and second season, I would think that they wouldn't want to go too far afield from some of the things that happen in the book and just have those similar beats so it still feels grounded in the books versus right. um, going too much from just taking that um, outline of the books and, and creating a whole new story. Because they do go, they do change a fair bit in the second book. Yeah, they really do. In the show, but there were definitely certain beats that were the same. So it was yeah. like there were enough callbacks to the book that you could be like, oh, yeah, that's where they got that. That's where they yeah. got that. So I think that they were, I'm guessing, you know, the writers tried to find that balance and and do those nods to the book while also making it more current and modern and diverse, too. You yeah. Know, they, the books are all white people, and so yeah. um, they are trying to reflect a, a more diverse society so right and um, it does truly it does make sense too for them to be dressed as as they are in those in most of the scenes because mm -hmm. they are to a pretty big degree trying to assimilate right into, right right into english culture and so it wouldn't make sense for them to make them the edwina is is purely there to find a right, husband right and to be the the diamond of the season right. and so so it wouldn't make sense um for that story if she's if she's wearing something that doesn't fit with right. what everyone else is trying to get. Well, plus India was a colony of right. Britain. So then you would imagine that there were plenty of upper class people in India dressed the same way people were dressing in, in England. So, yeah, but I did like the, the elements that they had that tied either what they were wearing or what they were doing to their, their Indian culture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what the, differences between the differences were between the book and the TV show and how and why maybe they they handled those so I mean the biggest thing and I don't know how well you will remember the book and but the biggest thing is the love triangle piece of it lasts much longer on the show right. than it did in the book so in the book yes Anthony decides he's going to court Edwina and marry her because she is the diamond or I don't think there I don't think she's the diamond in the book actually now that I think about it I don't remember but anyway he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna marry her she's pretty and sweet and she's gonna be the perfect vicon vicontess yeah. she's and kind these. of the Kate right opposite. yeah so so he's like I'm gonna marry her but then in the book he and Kate are in a garden together and a bee <laughs> A bee lands on her chest, which happens in the show as well, but they mm -hmm. get caught with him touching her chest, basically. And yeah. so everybody assumes, all these women that see them assume that there's something untoward happening, and so then they have to get married. Um, and so that, the whole, and then, and then the Edwino part of it is just sort of shuffled off to the side, like, 
oh, well, you're not marrying her anymore because yeah, you were like caught his, in this his com- plans were thwarted right, by right, this, right. this it, thing that and, happened. And now you were caught in this compromising position, and so you're going to marry her. And then it moves forward with, with Kate and Anthony. And the big thing with Anthony is that he, he has convinced himself that because his father, because his father died at age 36, I think, or 38, uh, that, that, that Anthony is not going to live longer than that either. And so his whole philosophy is that he's not going to fall in love with his wife or have his wife fall in love with him because he doesn't want to open her up to that heartbreak right. of losing somebody that she loves. And he's just absolutely convinced that he's not going to live that, that long. So they, they, they have some of that in the TV show, but not nearly as much of it as it's in the book. And they spend much more time in the book with Kate and Anthony together than on the show. On the show, obviously, right. it's not until the very, very end, even though you know the whole time that they're attracted to each other and that they're resisting being together. They draw that that love triangle piece of it out longer. And I understand why they why they did it. I think it makes much more compelling television, uh, first of all. And and, and it also feels a bit more believable. It's like they both are very strongly entrenched in this idea that they need to think about their families before they think about themselves. Mm -hmm. And so on the TV show, that's, that's the emphasis, right? Is that Kate has set this mission to make Edwina's life good and Mm -hmm. and as easy as possible and and put herself second and anthony has this burden on him of being the head of the bridgerton family and so he doesn't isn't focusing on finding somebody he loves and cares for he's focusing on finding somebody that's just going to continue the bridgerton name and, and stuff like that so i do think it makes for a much much better tv show and the tension that they can draw out there with the way they had it play out um, but it was just an interesting difference from right. from the book um, to the TV show. Right. And I and I I thought it was very, if I hadn't known it I kind of have two minds on it because I I do think that it's I do think that the structure of the show is more successful and um and so I'm happy for that but I I I did I did regret like at a certain point I realized that the main um the thing that I liked about the book mm-hmm. so much was not going to be there, which is that they both have this shared sense of trauma right, that they are right. trying to get past. And so for for Anthony, it's because of his father's death and and the um, the fear that he has of also leaving behind a family. Mm-hmm. And for Kate, um, I think her mother died during. She's terrified of thunderstorms, right, right. And, and I think it's because her mother died during one or or because of yeah one. during yeah. Or, yeah, it was. Yeah, she's she's very very ill. She has the flu or something like that, and she's very ill for a week or something. And then during a horrible, terrible thunderstorm, Kate walks in. And there's a big crash of thunder and lightning, and um, I don't know if it's the moment her mother dies or she sees her. I don't know. It's just it, it traumatizes her, and she yeah. associates thunderstorms with um, with her mother's death. Right. And so so when I and and they do call that back mm-hmm. a little bit and and you know that kate has this this fear of thunderstorms but it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with mm-hmm. her past and so um and so when i realized that wasn't going to be incorporated i was a little bit disappointed because i i in my review of the book that's what mm-hmm. i said i loved about this book so much because they they're they they're helping each other heal through trauma and and that's something i'm really interested mm-hmm. in and and i just i liked that that you know mental health stuff is is 
something, especially for a book that of that age. Mm -hmm. Um, I Mm -hmm. wasn't very, I didn't really expect something like that for a a mid two thousands book. And so I I had really enjoyed that. And then when I realized that wasn't going to be the, the big um, thing to overcome Mm -hmm. in, in the show, I was a little bummed, but I do think that they, I think the, the tension of keeping them apart mm-hmm. the entire time and also just just because not only that they couldn't it would be really terrible television if they have them get together in the middle of the show because of a compromised right. position because that's exactly what happens in the first I was just about book. to say that that's the, right. that's the biggest reason to me of why the change was necessary is that's the exact same way the first one plays out and right so, and they have to make it yeah distinct yeah so. and so that would have just felt like well, we already saw this, yeah, you know, exactly, even though the exactly. characters are different. Uh, but uh, so I just looked it up. 2006, the first one came out. So oh, we were, OK. We okay. Wrong. Uh, but but yeah, I loved it. I love so I, I will say I really loved the first season of Bridgerton, but I loved this season even more. And I think because I loved Kate and Anthony's connection and chemistry and yeah. banter that they had, like it felt I love that they drew out their first physical interaction till episode seven or whatever it was like I just I just made so many people mad but it was so great it was so delicious it was so delicious and you just couldn't you know you just could see it and I thought I loved I loved them both individually like I just really liked their characters and the actors that portrayed them I thought did such a wonderful job but then their interactions with each other were just so wonderful so for me even though the Duke is an extremely attractive man and the yeah. first season I liked a lot, I did like the second season better. I thought that yeah. it was it just held together better for me. I felt like the first season was a little slow and the only at least to start. And the reason that I stuck with it and liked it so much was because I knew I loved the book so much. And mm-hmm. so this one to me, just everything felt a bit more believable about their relationship and again their chemistry and everything i just i just loved it yeah i i 100 agree about the chemistry like i from the very beginning they Mm -hmm. just and i'm not always someone who loves like i've been in a relationship where where people were like you guys spar so much you'll be great together when you finally get together and it doesn't play out that way in real life and so it it's um or at least it did in our in our case and right. so i don't always find that to be the most romantic but i liked that the i liked the way that they i thought that they built it up in a way that made it feel believable where they they don't like each other at first then they sort of come to this understanding mm-hmm. and and so much of them not liking each other is just because of how arrogant anthony is right. and how right. how he really needs to be taken down many pegs <laughs> before he's he's palatable um but i i just to me, Daphne is a very kind of milk toast character. Yes, right. And so, I mean, and that's not even getting into the issues that I have with the first book of of the choices that she makes. And so, um, but but she's just in the in the show. I thought that they they developed her to at the end into something more interesting with mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of, she gives a speech at the end mm-hmm. about about vulnerability and mm-hmm. things that that I thought was really moving. Um, but, but she is, she's the, she's the anti-Eloise. Right. So so she's, she is playing the game and she is, um, very into the, the, um, 
sort of the structure of that world and of of being a, an ornament and mm-hmm. and that's just not as interesting as someone like Kate who is rolling her eyes about it right. the entire time and so um so I, I yeah it's just automatically going to be more interesting and mm-hmm. then you have that element of Jonathan Bailey oh my gosh <laughs> who he I agree he, so like good looking right and he like so the duke the duke in in um in the first season mm-hmm. is just like preternaturally beautiful Mm -hmm. there's he is such an attractive man but almost to the point where you're like i can't i can't even look at him he's so beautiful Mm -hmm. but jonathan bailey has this 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 uh quality of like this is the boy next door who suddenly turned super hot right right you're like holy crap when did this happen right and so i at this point my my instagram reels are basically just jonathan (laughs) bailey things <laughs> and I was telling Hallie before uh, that that when I found out he was gay, I legitimately had this like, oh, now I'll ne- never have a chance. And I'm like, never had a never chance had anyway. <laughs> but because he does seem sort of boy next yeah, door, there's yeah. this like feeling of of I don't know a little bit more of a connection. Right. I, I don't know. <laughs> it made yeah. me laugh really hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's well, and it's, it's funny is. I did not find him that cute in the first season because yeah. of his sideburns. And yeah. so then it was a revelation in the second season. Right. Like, Who is this and where did he come right. from? I sort of had well, to go back just... to the first season and look at pictures and think, is this the same person? Like, I knew it was yeah. the same person, but I thought, wait, I don't remember finding him super cute in that first season. But yeah. he certainly stepped into that role in the second season. Well, they play up his humor so much more in yeah. this season, too. And he, he really is the fall guy in a lot of situation or yeah. fall guy might not be the right word but he he's meant to be ridiculous right, in so right. many situations and so um and he just he leans into it he's so he's so good at that of mm-hmm. being so arrogant and so so obnoxious in so mm-hmm. many ways but then like there's some scene where he's trying to sort of kiss up to the the uh sharma dog who's named newton uh-huh. and and he's like trying to make faces at it through the through the door uh-huh. and it doesn't want anything to do with him and he's all sad so great well and that's one of the reasons both the books and the show i think have resonated with people is because you see these characters over the different seasons, right? So right. we we see Eloise now, we see Colin now, we see Benedict now, and know that future seasons are going to revolve around them. So it gets you sort of thinking, oh, well, how, are, how is this going to play out? How is that going to play out? So again, in the first season, Anthony was fine. Like I didn't dislike him or anything, but I just mm-hmm. remember thinking, well, are they going to do justice to the book's love story with him and of course they do they do absolutely yeah. but and so now yeah. it's funny because I look I look ahead to the the future seasons and I think right so right now I was telling him this before we recorded I really don't like Colin on the show I there's just something I think he's not that interesting and he kind of insufferable the way they're they're writing him which I think mm-hmm. is probably intentional um, yeah. but I'm like how are they going to redeem him for his season in two seasons um, because Benedict comes next and so it's like that's part of the fun of this show in these books too is you get these hints of these characters throughout the stories that are focused on their siblings but you know down the road they're going to be in the 
the limelight, you know? And so it's right. like, oh, this is kind of fun to see again, like how they're going to, when, once the focus is shifted, how you see that character's good qualities and all these things that it's like when they're not the focus, you just see them as one of the siblings kind of. So right. uh, that's a, that's a fun aspect of the show too, I think. Can I go back to the love triangle a sure. little bit? Sure. Um, so one of the, so I really, really hate love triangles. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't find them romantic or mm-hmm. good in any way, mm-hmm. but I liked that in this one, the triangle, like the betrayal that takes place isn't with Edwina's feelings toward right. Anthony. It's her feelings toward her sister mm-hmm. and that her sister kept the secret from her mm-hmm. because she, she's, she tells herself that she's in love with Anthony mm-hmm. and I think she is like excited to marry him, mm-hmm. but she isn't, she doesn't really love him. Mm-hmm. And so, and so her, when, when they have this big, confrontation it really comes down to her and her sister Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and that her sister has held herself back for all the all these years and has never given herself what she wanted and and gave it to Edwina instead and and how painful that is for Edwina to find out and so um and so I really liked that they that that they really focused on the sister relationship Mm -hmm. in this book because Mm -hmm. that's something that's very dear to my heart and I um, and I know to you too, and, mm-hmm. and I liked that that wasn't sort of, because uh, in the book it's very much just, she's her sister. Right, right, right. The, the relationship between the, the two um, lovers is, is the important thing, mm-hmm. but this has a really strong sister sister story as well. So I was, I was really happy about that. Yeah, me too. I liked actually they developed that whole dynamic with their mom and the two sisters as half sisters, like they developed that a bit more in the show than they do in the book. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I thought that that was something again, that made the, the televised version of the book, even I liked it a little bit better than, than in the book. Um, Just because like I said, once in the book, once they're found in that compromising position, it's just sort of like, Edwina who like that was and partially because there was no love there there was it was very much the well you're a Viscount and I'm this beautiful young girl and so of course it just makes sense for us to be together there were there were never there were never emotions they developed those feelings more in the tv show that that Edwina thinks she loves him um or or recognizes that she wants love out of her marriage that they do in the book and so she's just kind of brushed aside and, and nobody thinks about it again. Right. And so I liked it. And I like too in the show that they show the impact to their social status because right. of what happens. It's like, no, like that's a scandal. Like they were supposed to get married and she left him and at the altar. And so that's a big deal. Like, just like it yeah. would be now we'd all be, you know, if you knew somebody who's, Beyonce left them at the altar. You would talk about it, and and yeah. and and I like that they they showed that too. And so yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought they did a lot of things a lot of things right with the the TV show. And again, not that I don't love the book, but I just think that the book focused on different things. And so I liked the changes that they made to the TV show. And I'm not, and I'm guessing there are. If I went and tried to find people who love the books there are going to be people who didn't like the t- the choices the TV show made because it wasn't true to the book, but I thought it, they made really good choices that made for a good watching experience that, again, I can 
my different modes of entertainment. Like I need different things from them and something that maybe wouldn't bother me in a book or I'd sort of brush over in a book on TV. I feel like I would find more unbelievable or, you know, harder to get past. And so again, I think that they made some really good choices with where they took the story. Um, and I loved, I love one thing I will say that they, uh, stuck pretty close to, there were some changes from the book, but the pal mal scene where they play, um, oh yeah pal mal that's like a very again that's a very iconic beloved iconic yeah. part of the bridgerton books and they play pal mal in, in multiple books but this was the first appearance and they did such a great job with that it was so fun to see that play out on the screen mm-hmm. and i loved that they they included that in, in in very much the same way it is in the book so yeah that was fun to see i'm glad they didn't change that too much yeah yeah for sure I don't want to get too into it because it's we could go on for mm. a really really long time and it's also it's also uh, very there are many think pieces that are that are written about this. But what do you think of the way that that race is portrayed in the in the series in in terms of like it's not colorblind casting, right? And so I've read a lot of things that have talked about how they how people some people are so wrapped up in not understanding if this is the re- the same world or if this is like if if slavery and colonialism even exist in this world and, oh and interesting does, is that something that that you think about when you're watching no. or do you just say oh this is i'm like this is pretty these are pretty people yeah <laughs> um no i hadn't even thought about any of that i mean i guess i don't i don't i'm I haven't thought about it, quite honestly. Like, I just, when I've watched, I mean, I was glad to see it was a cast of not all white people. I mean, I right. certainly was, was happy about that. Um, but, yeah, I never thought about it beyond that. Like, if if what they're saying about the bigger, the larger world. Like, is this, yeah. is this reflecting a different alternate universe where some of these things didn't exist I don't know yeah. I hadn't thought about that yeah I, I don't have an answer on yeah. that either I I do know like when I first when I first heard about the first season and started watching the first season I just assumed it was colorblind casting yeah me too they, I guess that's sort of how I was looking at it right and then there's that scene in the first season where they the um uh what's is the is she the duchess that's mm-hmm. that's the the godmother of the duke oh yeah right title is? That, yeah i can't remember yeah. um but she she says specifically that the king fell in love with a black woman mm-hmm. and and that it changed their status mm-hmm. in the world and and i and that really shocked me because i i didn't realize that that was what they were going for and mm-hmm. in, in the season they sort of go go even further with that where where the sharmas are are like there's a scandal because mm-hmm because their mother married someone below her station right. and and moved to India and um and so to so I like that they still bring that into it and that it, that that it isn't just we we wanted a, a diverse cast but they're, right. they're, they're thinking about thinking that a about little it. bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean I I mean I kind of turn my brain off when I watch a show like this. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I should be Sorry, thinking, I don't mean to put you on no, the spot. No, <laughs> no, I should be thinking about things like that. I mean, I guess I just didn't, I just sort of went along with it. Like, I just sort of was right. like, okay, well, this is the world. Like, I don't, it's, I, now I kind of want to go read more about what you're saying because I just assume, so yes, I would say I assume the same thing when I saw the casting. 
for the first season, I was just like, oh, cool. They're just color, you know, like, doesn't matter. Like, whoever the best actor, you know, or like whatever mm-hmm. the, the situation is, that that's who gets cast. Um, so that, but that's interesting that um, maybe it's probably, there's more to it than, than what I was interpreting or not interpreting as the case maybe Um, well and and it's interesting because there are definitely people who think that it should go farther than it it does mm -hmm. and that they're not saying enough and so it's it's fascinating to me to see like sometimes i feel like people are just looking for things to write about and so they have to find i I guess that's sort of the nature of analysis anyway is that Mm -hmm. you're just you're picking things apart which is totally fair Mm -hmm. but they there are um there's they're definitely I, I get a you know how when you search for one thing then you get right, lots of right, articles right. fed to you so I've, I've read a lot of things where some people think oh this is great the the level that they're keeping it at mm-hmm. and and the commentary that they're making and then other people are saying no I don't I don't know like you can't just erase the entire history right, right. Of, of British colonialism right. and slavery and so so yeah. it's it, so I, I wonder as it goes on will there be more that they tease out with that or if will they purely keep it at at that level but mm-hmm. um yeah it's interesting it is it's, an, it's yeah. sometimes hard when you you have the first season of something and you want it to, all the answers then and then you realize well there are more seasons coming right so they the, might develop this more right and i will say so i just finished the second season last night as we're recording this so mm-hmm. i have not googled anything about bridgerton as i've been watching because I saw that it was going away from the book storyline. And so I just wanted to see how it played out. And so I didn't want to know how they got to where I knew they were going to end up. So I have very purposely tried not to read stuff about it, at least this season. So, so now I'm curious to go back and look and and see what people have to say. I mean, you're never going to please everybody. There are always going to be people who are annoyed one way or another or have commentary about it. But I, I like the way they've, they've handled it so far and yeah i'm certainly it's not it's not up to me whether i like it or you know like yeah. no, no. <laughs> you're gonna keep watching it. Uh, yeah exactly <laughs> you should start googling jonathan bailey longing glances and see see how your search history <laughs> i'm going takes to. you <laughs> oh it's so good it's so good he's so great she's so great i love kate kate was perfection that actress yeah simone ashley she's a, a great actress yes. All right. Well, anything else? We've now been rambling on about the show for 45 minutes. Is there anything else? <laughs> I didn't think we had that much to talk of about. Of course. I knew we would. I knew we would. We've talked about it other times. I know. Is there anything else you would like to say about the show or the books? Or you said you intend to continue on with the series, right? With the books? Yeah. I tend to, to like to watch things and read things pretty close together because I do forget things Um fairly quickly Mm -hmm. and so even as i as i was watching the show i I probably read the book i would guess last year at some Mm -hmm. point um i couldn't remember if the like i knew the the b scene was was different i knew they got together midway through the book Mm -hmm. but i couldn't remember if there was more of a love triangle Mm -hmm. um aspect to it that i wasn't remembering and then then i was talking to you and to some other friends and they're like no this is this is super super played up for Mm -hmm. for the show Mm -hmm. and so and so i don't like not remembering those things so i probably will wait until it's a little bit closer right um which i don't know if they've they've set a release date for the next season yet but i'll probably wait a little bit closer to that and and then plus you know I don't have time right now. Right. So. Yeah. You have so much other reading to do. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I definitely prefer reading the books to the audio books or else I would mm-hmm. say, well, you could just do yeah. the audio. But I think I'll switch yeah, actually. Yeah. For the next one. But it's, it's, I just, there's something about the audio that, 
I've tried different Regency romances on Adio, and they're good, but they're just, I don't know, I prefer reading them for some reason. Contemporary Something romance, about, I don't have that problem with. But, right. It's um, it's the, it's people saying like, oh, I love you. I yeah. love you. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny on yeah. audio. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. So I, uh, it's funny. There was one day I was just having kind of a stressful week and I had a few extra minutes and so I popped into a bookstore and bought like five books just to be like, <laughs> Retail therapy is a real thing, people. It totally uh, is. Anyway, and uh, so I bought, because I, like I said, I snatched up the Kindle versions of books, I think four through eight, but not the first few. And so I bought this Viscount Who Loved Me and then Benedict's book, the third one, um, at the bookstore a couple weeks ago. So I was like, that might be one that I, I pull out here in, in the next little while, just the third one, because I was like, I there's that sort of sense of, loss is is too yeah, too big of a word but yeah. like you finish the show and it's like oh no i want more and so i might go ahead and just read the third book or i might bring it on my honeymoon i thought that would be a fun honeymoon book oh yeah um, for sure. but um but i might go ahead and read it but yeah i will i will remember no details and when the show comes out again in a year or whatever comes out because that's just the way life goes but but i just love being in that world i love i love those characters and and i really enjoy spending time with with the books and with the tv show so all right. Well, my guess is if you've gotten this far, you have watched it. But if not, I would highly recommend watching uh, Bridgerton <laughs> season two. Even if the season one wasn't quite your thing, I think season two uh, outdid itself as far as compared to season one, I would say. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be right back with what we're reading this week. What are you reading this week? I'm reading a book that's coming out in May that's called The Change by Kristen Miller. And it is about uh, three women in a rich community on Long Island that's called um, uh, Matok. And I, I'm assume I don't know if that's a real place, to be honest. Maybe it, it is, but I assumed it was kind of Hamptonsy. And so it's the, the book starts with um, one of the women named Harriet is an ad exec, and she is... Uh, she lives in this beautiful house and there is a scandal because her husband leaves her and she goes on vacation and uh, over, during that time the house just becomes overrun with plants and the, the yard is this this sort of, you know, you can imagine in a community like that that, that everything needs to be really highly manicured and, and perfect and she does, she lets her, her yard go to seed and so um, there's a lot of, of a kerfuffle over, over that choice and she just doesn't care and she comes back and she she just has basically lost all inhibitions that that she had had before and so she sort of becomes this legendary figure within the town and so um she becomes involved with another woman named joe who is a married mom who has started a gym in the town and she's uh sort of dealing she, she starts the gym out of anger and she names her gym furious fitness because <laughs> she has become the sole breadwinner in her family as her husband quit his job so he could write a screenplay and that actually is just him doing nothing at, at home mm-hmm. and um and so she uh through some events meets meets uh harriet and then there's a third woman named her name is nessa and she's a a widow whose daughters have grown up and she is um she's also living in this town and and she has she's known since she was a kid that her 
there's a trend in her or a trait in her family of being able to hear and see the dead and so her her uh, grandmother tells her about this and says you're not going to need this for a long time but eventually you will and so once nessa hits menopause she starts being able to hear the voices of dead women and and so she she decides she needs to seek this out and so she becomes involved with harriet and joe and they're also going through menopause and have realized uh specific powers that they they did not have before so with harriet it's her ability to grow things and sorry joseph is Mm -hmm. scratching at his collar really vigorously right now and with joe she has sort of the superhuman strength and so so through this this change in their bodies they realize that they they can do new things and um and so nessa hears the voice of a of a a girl and they go she knows that it's on this this specific beach in town and so they go and they find this body and they realize that there are more bodies nearby and that that uh, nessa can hear all these voices and that there must be someone who is killing young women as a serial killer and so they're going to take the powers of menopause and solve these murders and i am so into this because menopause is something that happens to half the world right right but we never talk about it and we even even we don't talk about like among women we don't talk about it of what's going to happen and so the fact that that someone has written this book and it just is unabashedly going into menopause i'm i'm so excited about it i love it so much and so and i just i love the um you know there are other books that have been sort of sci-fi or fantasy takes on women's power being suppressed and then and then it comes out in ways that sort of uh overwhelm the male population and there's definitely an element of that to this book um but it just i'm I'm not super far into it i'm only Mm -hmm. about 100 pages into it but so far it's just it's just pretty pretty angry mm-hmm. and pretty uh no holds barred on mm-hmm. everything and and i'm here for it i'm <laughs> into it <laughs> so so i like it i'm i think that this might be one that i i think about for a long time because mm-hmm. i i don't know how many books that i've ever read that have treated menopause in that way mm-hmm. um i know that it comes up in in some books but it seems to be a more of a joke i would i would think mm-hmm. or in, in the in the way that we talk about um the way it's portrayed in in the media and in books so so i like this this take on it so that is called the change by kirsten miller that's so interesting you'll have to report back to me once you finish it how yeah you feel. i will i'm sure all right so what i'm reading this week is uh part of your world by abby jimenez and i just started this actually before i went to bed last night so i was not very far into it but I was reading a different book that was the book club pick uh, for this month for my book club and was just not into it. And I thought, I'm going to set this aside. I'm going to set this aside <laughs> because I always re- I almost always read the book for my book club and many of the other people that come to my book club do not. And I thought maybe this will be the month that I'm like, no, I'm that person. I didn't read the book club book. <laughs> uh, and all I want, I just thought I want something light and fluffy and romancy and and what maybe as I got farther into that other book it got lighter but it just wasn't to start with so anyway so uh, part of your world is um, a romance contemporary romance and it is about a woman who is a doctor from a very prestigious family who they're all doctors (laughs) everybody in her family's doctor they are doctors there's a wing at their hospital where the hospital where she works that's named after her family it's a big deal she is traveling home one night from a funeral for her great aunt and uh, it gets 
tries to avoid a raccoon and runs off the road into a ditch. And she's fine and her car is fine, but she's stuck in this ditch. So she calls AAA, they say, or not AAA, roadside assistance. And they say, somebody will be there in an hour or two. And she thinks, oh great, I have to sit here now for an hour or two. And then it's really kind of a funny scene because she's still wearing Spanx under her dress. And she decides that if she's going to have to sit there for an hour or two, she's going to take off her Spanx and no cars have driven by. So she hikes up her dress and starts taking off her Spanx. And then, of course, right as she's doing that, a car pulls up, a truck pulls up, and a guy gets out and offers to tow her out of the ditch. <laughs> That's the worst meat <laughs> I've ever heard. So, and he has an adorable dog. And so she, of course, says, thank you. She tries to pay him. He won't take her money. And then tows her out and says goodbye and goes along his merry way. And then she decides to stop and get something to eat. And they end up at the same place at the VFW in this small town. And so they meet and his, he's hanging out with his friends and they have this little bet that he could uh, try to take her home for the night. And, and he says, no, he declines. And he says, no, that's not my speed. I have to go home and you guys have the bet amongst yourselves if you want. I do not want to take part in that. But so as he's leaving, he stops and says hello to her and she says thank you again for towing me out of this ditch and he says by the way my friends have this bet going on and she says well what about if i walk out with you because i was about to leave anyway and then we can make your friends think that we're leaving together and you can you can win the money and he said okay mm-hmm. well we can split the money so they leave together but then the next thing you know they start chatting as they're out in the parking lot and she ends up going home with him and having a one night stand with him and then leaves at 4 30 in the morning because she freaks out because she's never had a one night stand in her life and Mm -hmm. she freaks out she goes home and she goes back to her life in whatever city she lives in and he's in this small town and it turns out she's 37 and he is 28 oh my gosh and so she (laughs) that's as far as I've gotten it it literally I'm like 10% into this book but so she really liked him but she thinks no way like he's so much younger than I am he's in this teeny tiny town I have this well-established career in the city although she's questioning how much she wants to stay at the hospital and her job. And so that's where I am. So I, my guess is with the title, Part of Your World, is that's a huge aspect of this story is that they both come from such different worlds and how do they mesh those if they like each other into being together. So Abby yeah. Jimenez writes romances I just really love. There's something about her writing style and the way she tells her stories that just grab me from the start and pull me in and this one is no different. No different. Um, she often has dogs in her books, which I appreciate, um, and and it's just adorable so far. And it's funny, and it's the main characters are really likable, and uh, I'm into it so far. So that's part of your world by Abby Jimenez. It's so funny that my reaction is horrified of him being 28, and I think, oh, that would happen if it were reversed. Oh, that happens all the time. Yeah, they, well, but the idea of being a, an established woman dating a guy in, in, his, in 20s, his 20s yeah. grosses me out so bad, just as me personally yeah. thinking about like like online dating and, mm-hmm. and yeah. looking at someone that young. I'm yeah. just like, oh no my way. gosh, there's nothing worse. Well, and it's funny because <laughs> I even mentioned that in the book because she has just broken up after seven years with somebody who is like 10 years older than her. Mm-hmm. And so her friend even says that. She's like, if this were the opposite, it was a, an older guy and a younger woman, nobody would think twice about it. It's just because of that predisposition to thinking that's weird yeah. if you're an older woman. If it's the opposite, nobody blinks. So I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see how that plays out too, because that'll be a fun kind of element to it, I think. 
Yeah. And I like I, seeing I think a... it has more to do with male maturity right, than, right. than anything else. Right. Oh, I agree with that. I would not be interested in uh, beating anyone in their 20s when I, had been, when I was single. But I also liked seeing a 37-year-old as the main character. Yeah, for Because sure. you do not see that very often in romance where there are a handful of, of romances where women are in maybe their 40s or 50s, but... It's very, usually it's 20s. It's like late 20s, yeah. maybe or if 30s. Or older, it's their early yeah, 30s. Yeah. And that's but, supposed to be like they're washed up at that point. Yeah, but late 30s is not something you see. So when I was reading last night, I thought, oh, that kind of, it was a, such a pleasant surprise. I yeah. thought often it's just this nebulous, like old enough to know, you know, old enough to be established, but young enough that you can still have kids and everything if you find a partner and you want to have kids. So like that age of 37, it's like, no, that's, you know, there, there are different things you take into account when you meet somebody in your late thirties or early forties, um, than you would when you were in your twenties. So, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm super excited to keep reading it. Again, I was, I was kind of forcing myself through this other book and I'm sure it's a wonderful book. It gets great reviews. My book club book. I just was not in the frame of mind to enjoy it right now. Yeah. And so I set that yeah. aside and I thought I'm going to pick up something that I'm pretty sure I'm going to like. And sure enough, so far I, I am enjoying it quite a lot. All right. Well, there's nothing really to uh, go back over since we just rambled about Bridgerton for an hour. But uh, if you would like to get in touch with us to give us feedback or suggestion on a topic, uh, excuse me, on a topic you'd like us to discuss, you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Wellread Podcast. Just a side note, we are going, we'll have one more episode, but then we're going to be taking a little break because Anne has travel plans and I have travel plans, plus there's a wedding thrown in there. So we are going to be taking a little hiatus just to prepare everybody. We keep our- Not sh- a long one, we promise. Oh, well, we say that every time, and then it's like six I, months later, we come back. Uh, I, I promise, promise, unless like, you know- terrible things happen know, yeah. <laughs> our intention is not to make it a long break it's probably going to yeah. be about a month or six weeks but just to warn everybody we keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com where you can find a listing of every book we talked about in this episode did our did i say our theme music is getting by poddington bear i don't think so no i don't think i don't you think did, I but did. i am interested in it <laughs> i'm gonna say it now uh thank you all for listening and happy reading